Father, I know that you've already begun to speak to hearts, and God, I praise your name for that. I pray that we would focus on you as we listen to your word, just as we focus on you when we sing your praises. God, sometimes the words that you speak to our hearts, God, these words are not easy to digest, they're not easy to comprehend, they're not easy to put into practice in our own lives. God, but I pray that we would not be hindered by that, we would not be distracted by the difficulty, but Father, we would just be obedient to you. God, as we humble ourselves before the cross in our time of worship, God, I pray too that we would humble ourselves as we worship you through our lives every single day, not just on Sundays. God, you're good and you're glorious. I pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts now. I pray more than that that we would listen. So, God, you speak. Help us to listen. In Jesus' name, amen. I asked the band to sing that song, It Is Well With My Soul, because God had uh, impressed upon my heart kind of a new series, I guess. I don't know if it's one message or 45 messages. I don't know. But I know it starts with this one. In 1871, a lawyer in Chicago, his name was Horatio Spafford, He and his wife, Anna, they were helping people that had suffered the fires that had swept through Chicago. They were helping people that had had been maybe put out of their homes. They didn't have a place to live. They didn't have a place to go and get food. Maybe they lost everything in the Chicago fires. Well, he and his wife, he was a lawyer, and he was a devout Christian, a devout Jesus follower. And they, they were tired after two years in 1873 they actually decided they would go spend some time in Europe with some friends there uh, Horatio Spafford admittedly he had money he, he, he was a guy of means you can be a Christian and still be a person who has money you just can't be a Christian and be a person who loves money more than you love Jesus okay he had money he was going to go spend some time in Europe with some friends and he's going to get away well What happened was, the last minute, he got detained by some business, so he told his wife and his four daughters, you go ahead, you go ahead and go over to Europe, you you go and you stay there, and I will come and I will join you a little bit later, I'll, I'll just, I'll join you. Well, the ship that his wife and his four daughters were sailing on, the ship sank, and hundreds of people perished that day and only 27 people survived from the ship. Horatio Spafford who was still back in Chicago got a telegram from his wife who was now in Europe and this is what it said. It started out this way. It said saved alone. His four daughters had perished in the sea and he knew exactly what that meant when his wife sent him that telegram said saved alone. Horatio Spafford, he got on a ship, 
and started sailing over to Europe to be with his wife. And as he sailed across the spot where his four daughters had died in the ocean, these are the words that he penned. When peace, like a river, attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul are the words that he penned to the famous hymn, It is well with my soul, as he sailed across the spot where his daughters perished in the ocean. He and his wife ended up having two kids later on. We had a little Horatio. Shortly after Horatio had been born, he, he, he died of scarlet fever. Then they decided to move to Jerusalem. And they started what's called the American Colony there in Jerusalem. And the, the daughter, Bertha of Horatio and Anna, the daughter went on to kind of start an orphanage there. She was confronted by a man and his wife. The wife was very sick, and they had a, a small child. And, and, and the wife, on Christmas Eve, they couldn't find any place that was open. And, and Bertha said it was just like Mary was standing right in front of him. He could not find a place that was open, a hospital that was open, because everybody was celebrating Christmas. They took her in, and they took care of her, but she ended up dying. And then Bertha ended up taking in this little boy that was born and young boy, and they named him Noel. And before long, they started to open up their doors, and more and more people started bringing in kids to start an orphanage in Jerusalem. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. I have a friend of mine here in the church, and he said, he likes it when I, I say, I'm going to say some stuff that you aren't going to like today. As soon as I say that, he gets really fired up. He, he's like, that's exactly the stuff I want to hear. Today, I want to tell you about two kinds of Christ followers. Two kinds of, we'll call them Christians. It, it, there, there are two types of people that were around Jesus, as a matter of fact. When he was alive and he was well and, and he was around on the earth, there were two types of people that followed him around. There was, there was the group of guys, we all know them as the 12, except for one who ended up betraying him, which we all know that even though you're in the inner circle with Jesus, you can still see Jesus as a means to an end and not see Jesus for who he is as the Messiah, as the Savior. You can, you can see Jesus as a means to an end, which is how Judas saw him. But he had these 12, and they were close to Jesus, and they cared about Jesus. They spent time with Jesus. And Jesus, he communed with them right before he was about to go to the cross, and he, he had a last supper with them. And we talk a lot about that on Easter. And we talk about the cross a lot on Easter. We talk about the resurrection a lot on Easter, and those are great and glorious things. But there was also a crowd that followed Jesus who, who just... They were not influenced by Jesus so much as they were influenced by the other people around them. Right? If you look at the 12, it was their connection to Jesus himself is what they desperately wanted. And because they were connected to Jesus, and he was the vine, and they were the branches, that, that because they were connected, they just found themselves all connected together. 
Well, what you find is this other group of people that were Christ followers, we'll call them, and they were just connected with each other, and, and they all liked the stuff that Jesus did, and they thought it was pretty cool, and some of the stuff that he said was really hard and really difficult to understand, and, and we really don't like that so much, but he really does some cool tricks, so let's all of us get together. We'll follow Jesus. And these are the people that when he came in to Jerusalem on the week before he was to be crucified, they were laying down palm branches, singing, Hosanna. Hosanna, Hosanna, he's king, he's savior, he's come, he's finally here to rescue us. Well, that same group of people on the next Friday were calling out for him to be crucified. They gave him Barabbas, Pilate gave them Barabbas, gave them Jesus, said, which one do you want? They said, give us Barabbas, you take Jesus, what do you want me to do with Jesus? They said, well, crucify him, crucify Jesus. Now, it wasn't all the same people that were saying crucify him. But I guarantee you there were some of the same people that were in that group that were saying, crucify him. They said he was Hosanna before, and now they're saying, crucify him now, and it's not even a week has passed. They were influenced by the other people around them. And, and I hate to say this. You see this today. You see this today. I, I'm, my, my point here is not to try to knock down other churches or to talk bad about other churches, okay? That is not my desire. But I have seen it. I've actually been in the midst of it and didn't recognize it for what it was. And I was so distracted by it that I couldn't even see the truth. That people are not connected with Jesus, but they are connected with the people around them that claim to be Christ followers, but if the crowd started crying, crucify him, they would be one of the first ones to say, yes, crucify him. Because they just want to fit in. They want to blend in. They don't want to look different. They don't want to act different. Jesus commands us to look different and act different. That is what he says. I know, listen, I get it. Like, in order to have a good job, you gotta, you got to kind of fit in. You, you can't really look different. You can't really act different. You, to have a good job, you got to do that, right? And, and to have a bunch of friends, you, you can't act different. You can't look different. you got to kind of blend in. you got to kind of be with everybody else. you got to be with the group. We have taught ourselves over and over and over and over and over again that this is what you have to do, man. This is how you accomplish what you really want to accomplish in life is you fit in. Just fit in. Just, just blend in with the crowd, look like everybody else, and, and it'll be okay. We can all pat each other on the back and tell each other what a good job we're doing. Just, just fit in. You look like me, I look like you, and we'll get this group consensus. This is what we're supposed to look like, and this is what the Jesus that we're supposed to serve and worship, this is what he looks like. It's not really the Jesus of the Bible, but this is Jesus that, that we like to pick and choose which verses of the Bible we want to listen to, and we pick those. So these are the ones that we're going to listen to. We're going to ignore some of the others because they're too hard, and I don't know if I like what it says right there. And Yes, I know Jesus said that, but let's, let's not really talk about that so much. Let's talk about this over here, and, and we'll, we'll decide what kind of Jesus we worship. It's this cultural Christianity, and it is a joke. It is a joke. I have sat in way too many deacons' meetings and listened to this joke transpire right in front of me. And men talk about things from the Bible that ain't even in there. And I'm like, you know what you need to do? You need to spend less time in a deacons' meeting and more time reading your Bible. 
we just want to fit in. We want to look like everybody else, and I just want to be different. And Jesus says, you go be different. You, you go and you be the exact opposite of what you thought you were supposed to be. You, you go be completely different. And there were 12 of them that wanted to, but there was a whole herd of them around Jesus that they just wanted to look like everybody else. The honest truth is there's very few people that really want to be connected to Jesus because of what he teaches. It's hard. It's hard. Like, Kenny, if you tell me to follow that, if you tell me to really do what he says, I'm not going to have any friends. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. They're going to look at you weird. They're going to think you're strange. They're going to think you're different. They're going to think you're one of those Bible thumpers, and they're going to, they're going to look at you like you are completely different. Exactly. That word, completely different, is set apart, and it, it, it's called something in the Bible. It's called holy. The word holy means to be separated. That's what it literally means. To be holy is to be different, completely unique. But we want to look like everybody else and call ourselves holy. That's not what Jesus says. That's not what he says. He says, you go be different, and you stay connected to me and to me alone. And when you do that, when you do that, when you sail over the place where your daughters have perished in the sea, you can say, it is well with my soul. If you try to hang on to what the crowd is saying over here, you're just going to weep, and you're going to cry, and you're going to boo-hoo, and you're going to pat each other on the back and say, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. When you tap into Jesus and you're connected to Jesus, the true vine, you go, I know it will be okay, and I don't need anybody else to tell me it's going to be okay. John chapter 15, Jesus is having a word with his guys, you know. He, he, he's just talked to him about he's, he's the vine, they're the branches, man, they got to stay connected to him, they got to you got to stay connected to him. And, and when they do that, that, that they'll, they'll, they'll form this bond of love that won't be broken. Right? That they'll, they'll, they'll form this connection because they're connected to Jesus. I think churches are trying to do it the wrong way so many times. They try to, try to bond the people, and then they try to tie them to Jesus. And Jesus says, don't worry about the people. You stay connected with me, and, and I'll bind you together. Hey, wake-up call for you here. If I could do a hashtag right here and say hashtag something. Hashtag marriage. Hashtag marriage, right? We try to bond the people, and then we try to throw Jesus on top. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. You stay connected to Jesus, and you say, God, if it's your will that I marry this person and I be connected to this person, then we can do more for the kingdom of God together than we can apart, then let me be married to this person. But we don't see marriage that way. Oh, I love them. I just love them. They, they're so good to me. They're so nice. Do they love Jesus? Well, they don't love you. If they don't love Jesus, they don't love you. I know that's hard. And listen, some of you are in relationships where one of you loves Jesus and one of you has no relationship with Jesus whatsoever. You know, I, you know, I have a word for you. I ha, I, this, Jesus says this. I didn't say this. You know what Jesus says? If, if one of you loves Jesus and one of you doesn't, 
and you're in that marriage relationship already, you know what he says to do? This is complicated, all right? This is really, this is really, really complicated. He says, you know what you're supposed to do if you're in that relationship? You're supposed to love Jesus. You continue to love Jesus. You continue to follow his commands. You continue to be connected to the vine, and you love Jesus. And if you do that, then God will handle the rest. That's, that's what he says. You know what you're supposed to do? If one of you loves Jesus and the other doesn't, you're supposed to just keep loving Jesus. Keep following Jesus. Keep doing what Jesus says. That's what you're supposed to do. Well, Kenny, that's really simple. Yeah, it is. Kenny, that's really hard. Yeah, it is. But that's what he says to do. Why? Oh, why? Why? Are we doing everything else in the church except staying connected to Jesus? Why, oh why, do we get so convoluted, so broken down by all this other garbage trying to stay connected to one another when really we need to be stay connected to Jesus? I, I don't want to do that. I, I've done it before. Man, I don't like it. I just want to stay connected to Jesus and let Jesus work out all the other stuff. I want to serve him, be close to him, and stay connected to the vine, and then I'm not going to worry about anything else. He's talking to his guys. Sorry, I, I get on about five million soapboxes here today. I'm trying not to do that. He's talking to his guys about what's really important. And he says this in, in John chapter 15, in verse 17, he says this. He says, man, this is my command, love each other. Love each other. He, he said, all you got is each other. He said, I got to go away, all right? I'm going back to the Father. And they're all confused by that. They're all torn apart by that because they, 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 they've been connected with him, all right? They, they've been really close to him physically in close proximity to him. He, he tells them, love each other. Love each other. But then he gets into the really hard stuff, all right? This is, this is the part that we don't like, but this is what it means to be a Christ follower and not a crowd follower. This is what it means to be a Christ follower, not a crowd follower. He says, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The, the world you love, the world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master? Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They will do all this to you because of me. For they had rejected the one who sent me. Here's the bad news as part of the good news. Okay? The good news is the gospel. The good news is that God loves you. God sent his one and only son to die for you. And that is remarkable and that is unbelievable. And we are supposed to go and tell everybody, scream it from the rooftops, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. But here's the bad news of that. Everybody wants to say, okay, I want to receive the good news, but I want to stay connected to the crowd and not to Christ. I want the good parts of the gospel, but don't give me any of the hard stuff. And Jesus says, the world's going to hate you. You know why? Because they hated me. How are you going to be connected to a master who was hated, and you say, I'm completely dedicated, and I'm a complete follower of Jesus, 
I'm sold out completely in on whatever he's got going on for my life. That's what I want. And they hated him. And we're, we're saying in our minds, but I've got to fit in with the rest of the world. It doesn't work that way. It just absolutely doesn't work that way. It, 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 we talk about racism. We, we talk about looking at people and, and looking at people differently because of the color of their skin. Do you realize that people should look at you so differently? If you're connected with Jesus, they should see a completely different person. That you should look completely different. That you're so connected to Jesus and he's the only thing that matters so much that you are going to be an outcast. You are going to look so much different than the rest of them that, that they're going to look at you and they're going to they're say things about you and they're going to talk bad about you. And, and you can tell when this happens, right? So, so people that are really connected with Jesus, here's one thing they do. You know how you know them? You know how they, they talk about Jesus. Yeah, I heard somebody say, you know how you know somebody likes NASCAR? It's because they talk about NASCAR. Right? You know how you can know somebody's a Christ follower who loves Jesus, who's connected with Jesus constantly day in and day out? They talk about Jesus. So when you're in a circle of friends and... and, and adults I'm talking about specifically, you know, you're in a group of your peers. So if you're a teenager, think about you're in a group of your peers. And somebody mentions the name Jesus in the middle of a conversation, what happens? Everybody goes, uh-oh, alert, alert, alert. A Bible thumper's in our presence. It must be a preacher's kid or that they're a preacher or something like that. There's some reason why they brought up the name of Jesus. As soon as Jesus gets interjected in the conversation, everybody gets awkward and everybody starts to sweat. Am I right? Like immediately, everything just kind of stops and everybody's like, oh no, what do we do with the conversation now? It just got really awkward. And everybody's looking at the guy who said Jesus. They're looking at him like he's got lobsters coming out of his ears, right? Like, why did you have to go and mess up the conversation by bringing Jesus into it? If you have never experienced that, if you've never been the guy with the lobsters coming out of your ears, how are you connected to the vine? How are you connected with him? If he is so integral and such a major part of your lives, how do you go about having conversation after conversation after conversation and ever, ever, ever mention the name of Jesus? You say, oh, man, I am connected to Jesus. I'm a Christ follower, not a crowd follower. That's me. Am I right? Am I right? He says, remember this. That if you were from this world, then, then you would fit in with this world. But you are not from this world. You are from another world. You're an alien, is what he says. Everybody's thinking, yeah, Superman. I want to be that dude, right? You're an alien. You, you, you're not like one that looks like everybody else. So Superman looked like everybody else. You're not like that. You look completely different. You are transformed. You're a new creation. You're brand new in Christ. And every conversation that you have, every thought that you have is different now. And it's not going to be like everybody else. It's not going to be what everybody else is talking about. And I just, I wonder, I wonder how many people today that call themselves Christians would be one of the first ones to scream, crucify him, crucify him, if all the other people were. I wonder. I wonder. Because I, I don't believe 
I don't believe the disciples were. I don't believe they were in the crowd going, yeah, crucify him, crucify him. You know why? Because they were connected to the true vine. And they loved Jesus, and that's what it boiled down to. And Jesus says, you're going you're gonna to have to love each other. You're going you're to need one another. It's, it's, it's going to be good that I go away. He says, they do all this to you because of me, for they have rejected the one who sent me. They would not be guilty if I had not come and spoken to them, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Anyone who hates me also hates my father. If I hadn't done such miraculous signs, anyone, anyone among them and no one else could do, they would not be guilty. But as it is, they have seen everything I did, yet they still hate me and my father. This fulfills the scripture, what is written. They hated me without cause. You know why they hated Jesus? They hated Jesus because of the things that he said. He called the religious leaders of that day, he called them hypocrites. He said, you know what, you're just a whitewashed tomb. You just look good on the outside, and there's nothing good on the inside. And it's just a real pretty facade is all it is, but there's nothing real, really there. There's no substance there. There's no real relationship there with God. And he says, they hate me because that is what I say. Do you know what that means I should be saying? You know what that means that, that I should be in alignment with is the things that Jesus says. And the things that Jesus says is, is that you have to be truly connected to the vine. You just can't look real good on the outside and fit into the crowd. You've actually got to come and follow me and take up your cross in such a way that you're willing to die for what I say. Even if it means the crowd is in opposition to it and they don't want any part of it. Because I believe if, if the disciples were standing up there and they recognized that, that they were with Jesus, what they would have said, crucify them too. Crucify them too. They need the same judgment because they said the same things that Jesus said. Why, oh why, are we trying to act like the stuff that people do that are against Jesus, they're not with Jesus? Why do we kind of kind of let that slide. Why don't we kind of do that? Why don't we kind of, it's because we follow the crowd and don't, don't follow Christ. Why, why do we do why, why, When it ho comes to the whole thing with, with, with homosexual marriage, we, we try to remain quiet and not say a whole bunch about that because people are not going to like it when I say that. And, and I go, well, that's what Jesus said. That's, 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 that's what the Bible teaches. That's what I follow. And yes, I know that, that they're not going to like it on CNN. And I know that I might come under a lawsuit if I, don't, if I don't bake a cake for them in their marriage. And Jesus says, stay connected to the vine, the true vine. Say the things that I say. Live the way that I lived. But people, we don't, we, that's another thing we don't do. That's another thing we don't do in order to try to fit in with the crowd. We don't speak up for truth because we're too interested in, 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 in making sure everybody's okay. You ever been in a conversation where you know what the whole crowd is saying? And you, the group of three or four friends, all I'm talking about, and you know what the group is saying is wrong, and you know that it's against biblical principles, but you don't, you don't speak up, you don't say anything about it? You ever been in that conversation? You don't ever go, hey, you know that's not biblical, <laughs> 
you know what you're saying is, is actually anti-God. And, and, and we don't say it. We don't speak up we, because we don't want to make everybody feel weird. We don't want everybody to look at us differently. We don't want anybody to say anything about us. So we just sit there quietly and don't mention anything. We say, it'll be okay. I know the truth, but I'm not going to say anything. And Jesus is like the whole time. All he would do was raise a ruckus by the things that he said. All he would do was, was be against everything that everybody else was pushing for. He said, I know that you think you know the truth. You're wrong. You don't understand. You don't get it. You're missing everything. You think you have a relationship with God, but all you have is emptiness. No truth there. You're not worshiping in spirit and in truth. You're just worshiping yourselves, the God you created with your own mind. You're not worshiping the things that I said. You're not worshiping the things that, that God commanded us to believe in. When you do that, you know that that's what you're doing. You're not worshiping. When, when, when you don't follow God's word and you don't adhere to God and you don't draw close to Jesus through his words, then you are just worshiping yourself and not worshiping God. You're worshiping the Jesus that you made up in your own mind, not the Jesus that's in the Bible. He says, he says, they're going to hate you because they hated the things that I said. He says, he says, slave is not greater than the master. If the master is persecuted this way, the slaves are going to be persecuted that way too. The slaves are going to endure the same thing that the master endured. And you saw what they did to me. You're going to see what they're going to do to me, and that is to crucify me. We don't have this up on the screen, but I want to read this to you. But, but I will send you an advocate, the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. I love, I love the fact this is the spirit of truth there. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. And you must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. This is what he says. He says the word testify there. And if you think about a trial, you know somebody's required to give their testimony, they're required to testify in court about what they've seen, what they've experienced. He says he's sending you a spirit of truth so that you can testify. So that you can testify. What are you testifying about? You're testifying about what it means to truly be connected to the vine. You're testifying about what it means to really be with Jesus. He says, you've been with me from the very beginning. You've walked with me. I was right there beside me, beside you. You were right there with me. He says, now you've got to tell people about it. Because he knew they would be, they would, they would be shamed. He knew that they would be, they would be hurt and, and they would be mocked and they would be even some of them crucified and burned at the stake and beaten with a club, and he knew all that was going to happen. He says, you need to prepare yourself for it. You need to prepare yourself for the fact that that is coming, that it will not be easy. It will be very, very hard, as a matter of fact, and it will even be to your death, but you still got to do it anyway. You still have to testify about me anyway. I think that in this, in this country... In America, what everybody calls is the greatest place in the world to live. I think it is destroying Christianity. I think it's just tearing us apart at the root. Because you know who we depend on? We depend on ourselves. We call it the American dream. For crying out loud, we call it the American dream. You know how messed up that is? 
What, what if we changed it? What if we stopped calling it the American dream and just called it the Jesus dream? Because we don't care about being American. We just want to follow Jesus Christ. And we don't care how much money or cars or any of that kind of junk. All we care about is being connected to the vine. And whatever he gives me, I'm good with that. But no, what we do is we worship ourselves. We look, what a good job I did. You know, you know what happens? Those people that are truly connected to the vine. When something good happens in, your, in their life, what do they say about that? What do they say about that? They say, man, God is so good. God is the one that did that. God is the one that gave me this. God is the one that has provided this. God is the one that put a meal on my table. And that's the reason we pray and we thank God for it. because God did it. I had no hand in providing the money that provided this meal. I didn't have a hand in that. God did it all. So we praise Jesus for what God has done. That, that's how you can tell the difference between people that are really connected with Jesus and connected to the crowd is because they don't give themselves any credit whatsoever, but Jesus Christ gets all the credit for anything good that ever happens. And they're not afraid to talk about Jesus and give him credit and talk about what he has done in their life, even when it means that they will be ridiculed and they will be mocked and they will be put on trial and they'll be forced to testify about this Jesus that they're talking about. They don't care about the crowd. They don't care what the crowd says is going to happen to them. They don't care if the crowd says crucify. They talk about Jesus anyway. I titled this sermon series, I guess, if not just one message, I don't know. I titled it Saved Alone. Saved Alone, just like we read about Horatio Spafford just a minute ago. The, the message his wife sent about, back to him. I titled it that because it just kind of spoke to me. That that's the way you feel when you're really connected to the vine. You feel saved, but at the same time, you kind of feel alone. You kind of feel like, man, I'm the only one. And, and, and let me tell you something. The people that follow the crowd, I don't care if they, they call themselves Christian or not. They will turn their back on you, especially if you stand for biblical truth. Especially if you say, you know what, the, the homosexuality in that person's life, it is wrong. It is not of God. They're not a Christ follower. And if you say that in that crowd, then they will turn their back on you. They will absolutely not, not be beside you. The only people that will be beside you are the ones that are connected to the true vine. And man, you better draw close to those people. You better stay connected to those people. You better love those people. As Jesus told me, love each other. Love each other. Because you're going to feel alone. You're going to feel very, very, very alone to go against the grain. That's why they call it against the grain, right? Because there's one, one, one reed, one, one, one strand of grass is going. Everything else is leaning this way, but you're going against the grain. You feel alone. You feel alone. Oh. Let me give you the good news, out of the bad news, out of the good news. You're not alone. You're not alone. You know why you're not alone? Because you're connected to the vine. You, you, you're never alone. Martin Luther said it this way. He says, we are saved by faith alone. But the faith that saves is never alone. Ha! You know? We are saved by faith alone, but the faith that saves us never alone. I mean, I need to get that tattooed on my forehead. You know what I mean? 
You aren't alone because you are connected to the vine. And he says, man, I'm the one that gives you life. All this other garbage, this is going to fill you up with garbage and emptiness. But if you stay connected with me, you're going to have life in life eternal. Not just life right now, life eternal. And you're going to have a peace that surpasses all understanding that's going to overwhelm your heart. And you're going to be able to say, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. So let me ask you this question. Which one do you want to be connected with? The crowd or with Christ? Which one? Let me pray. Father, thank you, God, for your word. God, thank you for calling us to be different. Thank you for calling us to love the unlovable. Thank you for calling us to be different and unique and set apart. And Lord, I don't want to be like everybody else. God, I just want to stay connected to you. I want to forget about everything else. It so distracts me. I, the crowd is so overwhelming. It's so distracting. It beats me down and it makes me feel awful. And God, I don't want to be like that. God, you're the only one that gives me life and life eternal. So God, let me stay connected to that. Let me stop worrying about how many people come into these doors. God, I just want to be connected with you and be alongside other people that are connected with you. And if nobody else comes, then I just want to stay connected to you. Lord, please, God, that there are people here, and Lord, they've been so distracted by the crowd for so long, they need to be connected to the true vine. God, you tell us if we're not connected to the true, true vine, that we are cut off and thrown into the fire. I believe that there may be some people that are deceived and they think that they're connected to the vine, but they're not, and you have revealed that to them by your word. And God, I pray for that person. God, I pray that they would come to you. They would run to you. They would not sit idly by and stay connected to the crowd, that they would come and be connected to Christ. God, that they would be so radically transformed by your power and be connected to you that they wouldn't look like everybody else and they wouldn't care if they looked like everybody else. God, I'm so sorry for being so distracted so many times, God, by the crowd, that I didn't see you standing up on that platform. I didn't see you up there and, and, and just want to be connected to you above all else, God, to just be connected to the one who was going to take my place on the cross, take my place with what I so desperately deserved. God, that I just I listen to what everybody else was saying. I don't want to be like that. God, set us free from the crowd. Help us stay connected to Christ. And God, may we be different. And may you get the glory from every single awkward conversation we have, every single time we mention the name of Jesus and everybody looks at us like we're just, we're different. God, may you get the glory from that. God, we so desperately want to be connected to you. Lord, if there's somebody here, they're not connected to you, they want to give their lives to you, Lord, I pray that they would do that. I pray they would come and maybe find me or find somebody they can pray with and just ask you, God, to, to rescue them and to save their soul. God, I pray, Lord, I pray that they would surrender to you wholly, that they would be connected to you and they would love you. Father, thank you for this time. Be glorified now as we respond to you in whatever way that may be. God, be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Would everyone please stand?